0: Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, film editor at Time Out New York, Joshua Rothkopf.
1: Hello, everybody. So I imagine that you're all the really hardcore Noah Baumbach fans, right? The hardcore Greta Gerwig fans are here tonight. Have we seen Frances Ha? Yeah, of course we have. And have we, has anyone here actually seen Mistress America? All right. So I imagine you'll have a great question. (laughs) Um, The film is dynamite. I saw many, many films at Sundance in January. This was by far the best one I saw. And uh, before we bring out
2: our special guests, let's watch the trailer. Hi. This is Tracy Fishko. I go to college in the city and my mom said I should call you. Uh, my mom is marrying your dad. Do you want to hang out? Do you know where Times Square is? Tracy! Times Square is so crazy. Isn't it? I don't know anyone who lives here. Yours truly, I got off the bus from Jersey. I thought this was the cool place to live. It's Times Square. So stylish. I know, I freelance as an interior decorator. You know the Bowery Hotel? Oh my God, yeah. Well, if you walk about a block south, there's a laser hair removal center that's very hip. I did the waiting room.
0: She lived exactly how a young woman should live. Who wants to spend her youth well?
2: Must we document ourselves all the time, must we?
0: She did everything and nothing.
2: You don't know what you're selling, no one will know how to buy it. What are you selling? So many things. Being around her was like being in New York City. I'm an autodidact, do you know what that means? Yes. That word is one of the things I self-taught myself. People are always taking my ideas. My ex-friend and nemesis, Mamie Claire, stole my ideas and my fiance. And then she literally
0: stole my cats. You must seek out this Mamie Claire. Spirit says you have unfinished business with this woman. You have to listen to Spirit. The young one is right. She's not
2: that young, 10 10 to 12 years younger. We're contemporaries, okay? What are you doing here? Who are these people? They're my friends. The last time I saw you, you were hiding in the bushes. And then you started incoherently yelling at me and my husband about how we had ruined your life. And the time before that, you were throwing up at my wedding. Are those my cats? They all love you. You're the good man. Ah! There's no cheating when you're 18. You should all be touching each other all the time. They all need you.
1: You're funny cuz you don't know you're funny.
2: I know I'm funny. There's nothing. I don't know about myself. So that's why I can't do therapy right, here Can I start over of course I was that was pretend rewinds like
0: Ha <laughs>
1: So I guess without further ado, let's welcome our guest to the stage, um, the director and co-writer of the film, Noel Baumbach. And the co-writer and the star of the film, Greta Gerwig. Hello. Welcome. Thanks. Thank of course. You. Um, this, this film is, is, is so wonderful. And I'm, I'm, I remember being at the festival and actually seeing it twice. It just really knocked me out. And these festivals are intense experiences where you're supposed to see film after film. I couldn't get it out of my head. And I talked to my colleague about it at the magazine, and he put it in a really interesting way that I wanted to put to you both. Um, it's, a, it's a college comedy, I think you could say, a college drama, maybe. And it's about people who are so concerned about what they are about to become They've, that they forget to be who they are. So that that's good. A, a reduction, yeah, that's or is nice. that that should have been on the poster? That should have yeah. been on the poster. Yeah. I I wonder where if if that um, tension is something that you were consciously going for, or where this maybe where the spirit of the film came from.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think, and Brooke in some ways represents for Tracy some sort of someone who seems to have kind of figured out how to kind of game life in some way and, and you know, and Brooks' kind of way of maybe trying to kind of get places without actually doing the work to get there, you know, is, is maybe kind of appealing, you know, at, at, at a young age because it, you know, it all feels so overwhelming, you know, and, um, but obviously it has its limitations that she kind of discovers.
2: Yeah, no, that sounds that's right. We always talk about the, the gap between who you who you uh, who you perceive yourself to be and who you actually are, and and that's another version of like not being where you are. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's I mean it's interesting because I feel like that theme runs through many of your films, the idea of maturity or being dragged kicking and screaming to a place where maybe you're not prepared for, or where you want to be.
0: Yeah, I, f- I feel like I have to gather, like, coherent ways of saying it like your colleague did so I can, you know, m- more adequately answer the, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, I start to steal them from other people as they say it, and then I say, well, really, what it's about is, you know. Um, there you go. But, uh, yeah, I guess that it, it seems to be that I keep, that I'm, you know, interested in some way, I guess, and sort of dramatizing you know i think what is sort of essentially a kind of you know internal uh i mean sort of for human beings in in the real world i think it's a more kind of internal uh uh, struggle or you know or uh whatever and and you know i'm sort of looking for ways to kind of externalize and dramatize you know kind of psychological and emotional states of mind
1: and that's hard because it usually takes, over, takes place over many years and lots of thinking and time and you have 90 minutes in which right. to string those pearls along a narrative. And I have
0: trouble reaching 90 minutes even. It's, it's like 84 <laughs> minutes, 86 minutes. That's
1: just right. It's, that's the sweet spot. I understand, um, Greta, that you went to Columbia.
2: Oh, yeah, I went to Barnard. Barnard. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and this, this yeah. film is set there and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, so I'm, I'm curious as to how much of this, is derived from your experiences there?
2: Um, there, There's a good portion of, I mean, I never had a brook in my life. I never actually had that experience, but I mean, in some ways I feel like one thing I learned from Noah in collaborating with him when we were writing and, um, and making Francis Ha and when he was directing it, um, this feeling of if you're, if you're deciding between shooting a place that means nothing to you and shooting a place that means something to you, like, always pick the place that means something to you because the way that you'll do it will feel different than if you don't care about that place at all. So instead of having it be like any college, you know, or NYU, which I didn't go to, you know, that it was actually at Barnard, was not, and we actually shot on the hall where I lived when I was a, a freshman and um, and yeah I mean we had a club that you found out if you got in by a pie in your face like we that was that's true. <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: and this yeah. is uh, this is your first screenwriting credit? No, no, uh, Francis. no Francis.
2: Francis was it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Francis and then this, yeah, yeah.
0: And Francis went to Vassar, which was my alma mater, so right. Yeah. Nice. We had to change it up. We had to change it up. We
2: had to change up our seven sisters. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. I, you know what? We actually have a few clips that um, I'd love to show everyone. Let's 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 roll the first one. Okay. And we can talk about that.
2: Great. Mamie Claire is my enemy.
0: You have unfinished business with this woman.
2: No, 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 no. It's finished. Tell Spirit it's finished.
0: What happened with Mamie Claire? She totally screwed me over. She married a fiancé and stole her idea. I never looked back. Yeah, I'm seeing this, but... Oh, I'm seeing trees. You said she lives in Connecticut.
2: There are trees in Connecticut. Well, to be fair, there are trees pretty much everywhere. You have to listen to Spirit. Maybe Claire can give you the money. Hi-ho, Greenwich! Really? Can we get some confirmation? Is Spirit sure of this? Yeah,
0: look, the young one is right. She's
2: not that young. Ten to twelve years younger. We're contemporaries, okay?
0: You must seek out this... Claire. (sighs)
2: I'm so annoyed
0: by spirit. The path isn't against you. It's just the path.
2: Right. I don't want to be petty. I just wasn't brought up that way. She's my nemesis, but she does owe me.
0: This has been heavy on you. And sometimes you have to go back in order to go front.
2: Fuck this parade. I'm going to Greenwich. We're going. You ready for the squirt? It's gonna get ugly. I'm ready. Great. How do we get there?
0: That's a really fun scene. The um, clips have gotten so much longer. If you, I know. Right? And yeah, <laughs> I feel like, like when I was a kid, you got like you know, four lines or something. Now you get like a whole scene.
1: Yeah. Well, it's nice. You yeah. get the flavor of that. I love. Uh, I'm now noticing that um, just in that one scene alone, Brooke. Um, uh, talks about how uh, close they are in age, and then also she calls her Squirt. So it's like, she's a little kind of psychotic. Actually, age seems to me to be really crucial to to the character. Like, there's there's a point where everything is in front of you and everything is exciting, and then there's a point where maybe you've reached it and there's more behind you.
2: Yeah. Well, I think Brooke is one of those people who always defined herself by being like the youngest person in the room in a way. Like, I think she probably moved to New York when she was 17. She didn't go to college and she was probably like the young one for so long that it was really difficult to let go of that identity. And I think she likes to make Tracy feel, or she likes to talk down to Tracy in some ways, but but just because she's cooler, not because she's older. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's the idea she has in her head about what she's doing. But yeah, she's, um, I mean, you know, New York, everywhere. It's so, y- there is a feeling of like not being relevant or, or you, like all these things stop being, like how are you going to, if everybody, like, there's all these lists all the time, like the top 25 people under 25, and you're like, well, I'm never gonna be on that list again. And, <laughs> but nobody's like, the top 60 people under 60. <laughs> that never happens.
0: We'll do that list. Maybe it does. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but I guess you just have to. Just the
0: top 60 people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um,
2: but anyway, it's, uh, but yeah, it's a definite, she's, she's preoccupied with it.
0: It's also, I guess, about money in that way, too, of sort of how long can you get by before. You, I mean, you actually can't survive in, you know, yeah, in the city,
1: right? Uh, just up to this point, all she's concerned about is almost like cultivating a protege, and it's almost for her own, like happiness that she has this sort of sidekick. But yeah. she would never be the sidekick. No, yeah. no. Tracy's the sidekick. Tracy's yeah.
2: the sidekick. And
1: also, I have to just say, how amazing is it to have a a psychic in a New York film? There's there's this tradition of, you know, Broadway Danny Rose yeah. and New York movies that have scenes with psychics. So yeah. I'm, I'm not mistaken here.
0: Right? Yeah. And, and, and we wanted to both, you know, acknowledge that sort of tip our hat to that, but also take it seriously. Like he actually, you know, he, he's actually psychic.
2: I mean, he is also actually also a psychic. He
0: is also a psychic. That man. Uh, that, man that man who acted as a psychic. Yeah, that man is, is a psychic. A psychic. Okay. Oh. Um, uh, for real. For
2: reals. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
2: and he was but also like, he said the lines he we the gave lines him. He, he was, very him, he was patient, sort of like, yeah. I would never say this. Um, yeah. But, but then, he was <laughs> mistaken. Because he did say it. Because he did say yeah, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was very game. He was very. He's yeah. good. <laughs> he was super good. He's good.
1: Yeah. To get him to do box office predictions for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does yeah. does yeah. the. Um, I see a rollout. A specialty right, exactly. market roll out?
2: I see you Me opening too. in four theaters on the first yeah, weekends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Winning the, per screen and yes. then having trouble crossing over no, later. No no no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. does, um, does the idea of
1: uh, going on a quest, like that's basically, this is the moment when yeah. she sets out to confront something from her past and going, I yeah. mean, do you, in terms of your own screenwriting and you collaborated on this, Was that important? How traditional are you, would you say,
0: as screenwriters? Like pretty structural. What what counts as traditional? Oh I
2: don't know. Oh, you know the what? The hero's quest. I feel like I can, What's that?
0: The quest of the. I oh. feel like
2: I can answer that. I okay. feel like yes. I'm glad like, you can. Yeah. It, because I feel <laughs> like we like when we started. The first thing we wrote together was Francis Ha, and I felt like I was early on when we were writing it. I felt like there was a moment where I was more in the mindset of like it could be like a book of short stories, like that it could be kind of more. Disconnected in that way, and I—I remember you were like, "No, it needs to have like y- you were like, let's build a str like let's build a structure that works." So it's like a lot of it's a lot of writing without um, a particular direction to get material, but then it we do really put in tracks underneath. There has afterwards. to be a spine. That yes, c- I, I
1: see what you mean. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just well a character study but that
0: comes through anyway.
2: Right. Yes. Yes. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, I think you know w- when you start out you y- you know you have ideas that a lot of your favorite movies actually have no real structure and then you know and you know like I remember like my first attempts at writing things I was sort of sort of not thinking about that and then you know the more you do it the more you appreciate sort of what you need to do to tell a story in this amount of time, you know. 82 minutes or whatever you've, you're, you're gonna do it in
1: those are the those are the real belated discoveries right the structure because they're so when they're well done well they're really hidden expertly yeah
2: yeah but then you start looking back at these movies that like you're saying that you thought didn't have structure and they do they do they all do and they've got like it's just deftly hidden sure
1: and I mean, they need to be there because that's how, that's how the movies communicate in a way. Like right. people expect to be taken somewhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Um, let's, why don't we roll another clip? Okay. okay. Why, don't, why don't we do this?
2: Yours truly. I got us the bus from Jersey. I thought this was the cool place to live. It's motherfucking (laughs) Times Square.
1: I think that Brooke expected that moment to be a little shorter. She has all the energy, but she doesn't have the pacing right. In a way, that's kind of like the whole film. Yeah. I think we
2: actually, that was like a direction written into the script. Really? That like Brooke starts, she begins a gesture that she realizes halfway through is too short to do the whole stairs so then she has to like start over again
0: but you're right sort of deciding how many times you cut to Tracy is you know part of you know part of the way of structuring it's
1: so well edited and just the and the the way they're trying to maintain that emotion on their face and there's oh now you're here okay (laughs) And, and I it does lead to maybe a technical question um how how long do you devote to the editing process you know like wh- there's the writing and the directing but how absorbed do you get in
0: editing i mean completely it's uh i mean i don't i don't know in terms of like how much actual time it is i mean I, there's always some schedule but you know you kind of work on it till you're ready and and um, um w- w- when i started out you know, I remember sort of being told that the way you work with an editor is they assemble it and then you watch their assembly and then you kind of go back in and kind of fix it. And I did that on my first movie and I hated it because it just feels like you're trying to fix something broken from the beginning. Um, It's
1: like wasted time.
0: Yeah, and and i think you know that was a holdover obviously from the old studio system where they uh, directors didn't often cut their movies and things they had to they were already ral walsh was just grabbing the next script and moving on and um but uh so you know i build them with the editor so we start from the beginning and we start putting the whole movie together which takes more time at least initially but it it um by the time we get to the end, we're actually pretty close to having a cut because we've been kind of going over and over and over it.
1: I can't help but mention this, too. Uh, you're having a, an amazing year. You're on fire. Uh, and your last film, While We're Young, which was just from the spring, uh, is actu- actually about an editor or a filmmaker. Right. And, and, and you have another film coming up in the fall, a documentary. Um, is this, this pace of work, this, this pace of filmmaking, something that you plan or is it something, a, a new vibe that you're feeling
0: I mean, I, I didn't spend any less amount of time on any of these movies. They, they all actually took quite some time to finish. They, the, um, it's just the way they kind of got backed up, I guess, in terms of like the, the shoots ran into each other, which is usually not the case. Like we shot Mistress America. We knew we had a window that wasn't quite big enough, but we wanted to kind of take advantage of sort of, you know, we had a script we were excited about and Greta had a window and we we, we kind of shot it and cut, I, I kind of got it cut to a pretty good point, but um, then I was waiting for Ben to finish Walter Mitty. Then we started while we we're young, and we made that all the way to the end. And then I went back and finished Mistress America. So they sort of ran into each other in the assembly line. But the it actually isn't that. I mean, the amount of time to make all of these things is the same. Um, but you know, I, I you know I think there's a kind of nice. You know from Francis through Mistress, I think you know I, I you know they were all shot fairly rapid I mean I guess you know in, in terms of when I finished one thing, I went right into the other thing, and so that that was you know I think some energy comes with that i guess there 's also something
1: about the uh, the New Yorkiness of this clip and just this this story in general. Uh, and I wonder if maybe, maybe Greta, you could reflect on this. I wonder if the, the these themes we've been talking about that undergird this story—if they're, do you think they're intrinsically New York anxieties? The idea of of um, of, of hoping to become something, or, or when is it finally going to happen for me? When is the shoe drop going going to happen yeah. for me?
2: I, I mean, I don't know. It's that it's intrinsically New New York. I think there's, you know. The sort of celebration of youths is present everywhere, but right. um, I do think that there's a. I mean, I, don't, I can't speak to all anxieties, all places, um, but oh, totally. I, <laughs> but I, I do think that there's what, what's different, I think, is that um, when I talk to my friends who live in other cities, um, that uh, there 's a feeling with like New york or l a or Chicago or San francisco or you know that there's a feeling of um, of hanging on to a dr- some dream some idea whereas I feel like um my friend my like i'm fr- i 'm from sacramento and um and I love sacramento but we, i always say it's, it's a, it, in its heart it's and I love these kinds of cities like I always describe it it's there's a, it's a sort of low confidence city in a certain way. Like, you know, like Nashville, high confidence city. Knoxville, low confidence mm-hmm. city. Like, it's just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it is awesome, but it doesn't think it's awesome, which makes it more awesome. More awesome. But um, it doesn't have, like, I'm awesome, like, City that's so super cool and all the cool people should come here. It's just quietly awesome. I'm trying to thread this needle because I love it so much and I don't want to. But you
0: just slam
1: Knoxville. No, no I <laughs> love Knoxville. And that's kind a a I know what you mean, though. It's going to be it, downloaded. No, by the expectation.
0: No, no, no.
2: I'm saying, I'm saying that it's just. It's not like they get
0: iTunes in stop, Knoxville. Oh
2: no! This is like Cut my right fear. Out. This is my fear of saying. But I do. But there is. I love. I don't know. I love places that are unassuming in a certain way. Like, the, that they're, the, they, like, don't think that they're... Anyway, my <laughs> point is, um, I think that there's more... I feel like there's more of, like, a sense of, um, of like... Of, like, in, in New York, it's appropriate to hang on to your I dream until you're in your 50s or 60s in a way that maybe doesn't feel quite as appropriate other places, because, like there aren't as many people doing that they're just living the real lives as they're going and here I do think there is a sustaining of the dream
0: right um, but i mean i think it's i mean you think about all like you know specific new york stories the best of them are obviously universal because you know it it doesn't mean that new york's not essential to them it's just that you know you're telling them you know the anthropology is so is so right that Everyone identifies with it, Sure. even in Knoxville. No, I'm
2: I love joking. Knoxville. Right. Oh God. I think
0: it's it's
1: more of the more of the idea that there's so many so much is presented as an opportunity here. Like yeah. I'll open a restaurant, or I'll do this shop, or I'll Soul Cycle, or I'll, you know, like there's all the
0: things that Brooke does. Well, the Brooke yeah. character, yeah. I mean, it's like and she, she can't commit. And yeah, and her kind of romance of herself and her idea of who you know, it's it's so there's so much persona that New York is sort of the right place for her to to be in her own movie you know
2: right yeah, yeah.
0: so let me ask you I
1: this is not a personal question kind of personal um, but hopefully not a prying question the last uh, how, how have things changed um, between you work-wise from Francis uh, to this film in terms of the way you you communicate on set or the way you create together
2: in a lot of ways, to me, it, I don't know, it might feel different, it, it, it feels very similar to me. I mean, I've, the reason we wanted to make another one was because we liked making it so much, so I think, uh, and, and that remains uh, in this one, and it's just, um, I don't I, I, it's just really fun. I mean, it's really fun. We really like to, I mean, I guess, what, what's different? I don't know. No, I think that's true. I think it's,
0: it's, yeah, it feels essentially the same um, in a a good way. I never understood, I've
1: I've asked questions, uh, that question to a lot of actors who have worked with directors many times and it's like, you expect them to say, oh, we have this great shorthand now, but it's almost like, People don't want to do shorthand. They no. want to communicate, really, and they yeah. want to talk through the, the process and the character and the acting and
0: the moment. Is that what you yeah, thought? Yeah, and each one is its own thing. So it's like... And it has
2: its own bumps.
0: Yeah, and its own know? sort of, you know, and, and and I think both Greta and I w- work kind of interpretively on set, even though we've created this, you know, we wrote the script, and, and that's true of things I've written myself, too. I think I, I... I kind of approached them just intuitively as an interpretive director, as if I hadn't, didn't know why it was there to, you know, I hadn't like struggled with the logic of every scene and every line up until then. And I think, I, I know Greta does that as an actor. She's sort of comes at it, you know, like, I mean, in a kind of, for me, it's kind of incredibly impressive to see like how she kind of, finds the language as if she's you know just discovering it um, which is what you want every actor to do to some degree and but she knows it you know better than anybody so um, uh, you know I think that's uh, you know I think we're, we're kind of you know that comes naturally to both of us that's hard to do and it's hard to sustain on a set I think it's not hard if it's not hard you know (laughs) (laughs) but you know but i mean you know uh, you know but it doesn't mean it's not all hard (laughs) it's just that it's just that that kind of split is kind of natural and i think i think for most writer directors and writer actors too i think it has to be because i think you can't you you know if, if it's something you're kind of drawn to do you can't know it all you have to be in sort of a constant mode of, of openness and discovery, you know, w- when, when you're making it. Hmm. Why don't we run our, our final clip okay.
1: and we'll get to some questions.
0: I'm impressed, Brooke. It takes a lot of moxie to start a restaurant.
2: Thanks. You're doing it,
1: babe. You're out there doing something besides amassing and hoarding money.
2: If I could figure out how to amass and hoard money, I'd do it.
0: Well, you could have married me or a dozen other guys, but you wanted to be your own person.
2: Yeah, no, I'm over that now.
1: <laughs> you're funny because you don't know you're funny.
2: I know I'm funny. There's nothing I don't know about myself. That's why I can't do therapy.
1: I was watching a, um, uh, an interview, Greta, that you did with Sarah Polley. Oh, on the yeah, disc yeah. with uh Frances Ha on the Criterion disc. And she said something that, that I uh, I felt as well about that movie, which was that uh, she was, you know, she was thrilled by how effervescent it was and how euphoric she felt watching the, the flow of the movie, but also this kind of loneliness that creeps up on you watching you perform and watching that character and I have to say, I watched uh, Mistress America and I had the same, I was smiling throughout this film and also feeling like I was almost about to cry. I get so, she can be so separate, even in a scene like that where yeah. she's lunging for something that she gave up, yeah. you know, and is now past past for her. Yeah. that is that that kind of, do you start with the loneliness? Or do you?
2: Um, I think, I, I mean, in some ways I feel like, uh, I like things that um sparkle on the surface and are sad underneath. Like I, I mean I think so many of the movies that I love have that um ener- energy and that feeling and that um and even I mean this is like the most repeated this is I mean everyone knows this ending but like like at the end of Annie Hall, when he's like, it was just so great to see her, and they kind of go their own way, and like that feeling of like, oh, like, what and could I, have been? yeah. I mean, but the the loneliness. I do. I mean, I guess I am just interested in care, in people who, I mean, Brooke in particular, because she is always acting and she's always putting on a show. So any moment where she drops that is almost, I find kind of instantly heartbreaking because she. It costs her so much to keep the show going that if she's closing it for a second, it means that something's really going wrong. Um, and I, I'm, I don't know. I guess I am, I am interested in um, people alone and moments of. Um, I mean, I've always loved in anything that have th- like these. I like plots that work and stay on the track and tell a story, but I also like these tendrils that don't. Quite ever go back um, in in the box, and they and they just sort of stay out there. Like I don't know about that. That's just something that happened. Like I mean, in this movie with Tracy, um, she she s- steals a few things, like little objects. Nobody ever brings it up. It never happens. Like it never becomes a thing. It's just a little thing we know about. It's like the secret you have with the audience, that only the audience knows and that the world around you doesn't know or something. And I, I find those things really moving.
1: Yeah. They're small little, uh, we observe the moments, but they just happen yeah. without the characters knowing. I love that about it. You recently, uh, you recently presented Jonathan Demi's Something Wild yeah. to crowd, which I think yeah. also speaks to that. Yeah. And this scene in, in general, if you haven't seen Mistress America, it takes place outside of the city. That's another outside of the city movie, like like Something Wild is as yeah. well, um, and it's a beautiful slapstick sequence that lasts like 20, 30 minutes. The whole yeah. ending of the movie. Yeah. Um, is that where, I mean, is that in a way kind of where you started, or this idea of of maintaining this masterful sequence like that, or or actually, let's start from the start. The I, that trope of leaving the city or what's outside the city is that something that interests you maybe as a filmmaker?
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I did it without showing the city. In some ways, in both Margot at the Wedding and Greenberg too, that they're kind of characters that are in, in out of their environment, their 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 sort of com- comfort zone, and and and. Um, and in both cases, too, I was shooting outside n- New York and shooting in cities I knew, or in the country in Margot and the city in LA that I sort of felt less like home to me. So they also, that's kind of a, puts you in a kind of different creative space as well. Um, yeah, and with this one, you know, thinking of movies like Something Wild or, um, uh, even Broadway Danny Rose, as you mentioned, they go outside. Or Tootsie is a film um, we've talked about. Yeah, tootsie, yeah tootsie, they go to the country. And, you know, I think that there's something, you know, um, it was kind of baked in some ways to the story we had of, of, you know, being broke, kind of taking, it's like either you're being absconded or rescued. It's hard to know what, but you're you're being taken out of your, your kind of comfort zone and brought into another world and initially it's kind of another New York but then they're both kind of removed from their comfort zone and I think it also kind of you know dramatically it's always interesting because different we're all kind of different when we're in these you know other environments you know and suddenly you know it's like how we are when we all go stay with our family or how we are all are you know when you know a weekend away I mean these are all sort of tropes of of interesting kind of more humorous stories and and you know um, and it, yeah it, it kind of felt right to us. I don't know you know I, I what was kind of interesting about the creation of this I think more so than Francis and 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 more so for me and some of my other scripts is that I, I think we really didn't quite know where we were going a lot of the time and we kind of had to you know, like actually hit points in the story where we didn't know what happened next. Um, yeah. You know, and even with the script.
2: Oh well, no, 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 no! I'm no, saying no. while we were when, writing, while, while, while we were, we were writing. writing. I mean, when we, we shot we it, like, we,
0: we knew everything. We wrote but, like
2: six different versions of what exactly happens yeah. in Connecticut. I mean, in a way, it's like, or this is, like, we would. Do, I mean, we'd we'd talk about movies that were influences, and, um, you know, we'd talk about the movies you mentioned, or we, we talked about, like, Shampoo and the way he wanted to get that salon and the whole, you know, and them going to the different parties. But then we would also bring in, like, I had a story from my life where I ended up at somebody's Fancy Hamptons house, while that family was in the middle of a literal meltdown, and I didn't. You know, my friend wanted to hook up with some guy that they knew when we were there, and I was like, I don't. I have no reason to be here. Why am I in this house? But I felt like that. You. So we. It's like we take these things, and it's like we didn't literally use that from my life, but this that feeling of like how did you end up in this house while this family is, like, in crisis? And you're just like, I, can I eat that salmon? Or no, no, I'll just stand in that. I'm sorry. I'll stay in
1: the background I'll here while background you guys work and, like, in this crisis. when's
2: the train? Can we walk that? No, okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah. And then we combine it with, like, what movies are, you know?
1: How, is there a line maybe that you're, you both are wary of crossing in terms of borrowing from your own life together and then using that for film, for
0: scripts? No. No, there's no line. we not Hopefully. our life together,
2: yeah.
0: Or anything. I don't know. I think, you know, I think you, you, you know, you know when um, I, I, I think in, in early stages of writing, too, you kind of want to be open to everything. And you know on some level by the time it's all molded and shaped and poured over and rewritten and cast and shot and edited, that these things so transform along the way that, um, and you really kind of lose track yourself of where any of this came from. Yeah. I'd forgotten about the salmon story until now, actually. Really?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I lose track of where things came from, and then sometimes I'll get a angry phone call it's like i can't believe you used that and (laughs) then i'm like oh i didn't even remember i write yes but it gets so absorbed into the fiction that you you don't totally i mean i'm less sure of the law i mean i feel less i have more qualms about um how i don't know the ethics of writing about other people, but you only ever live life with other people. So there's absolutely no way to write anything without including other people. That's that's the whole deal. I don't...
0: You're just more honest about it. What do you mean? <laughs> about talking about it than oh, I am. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> oh, right,
1: but oh, it, but, well. it's, but it's also the theme of, of, of the While movie. We're Young, and yeah. this and, movie and as that, well, right. this yeah. idea of uh, the ethics, I guess, of representation, like how far do you go uh, without feeling like you're betraying someone or yeah. maybe you're just turning something into art
0: and making yeah. it fun, making it dazzling. Yeah. 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 Well, but I think there's a sort of even essentially that sort of thing of what we take from you know even taking the creative process out of it, what we take from each other and use from each other, and um, you know that there's something you know just interpersonally that's interesting that maybe kind of takes on you know more weight and drama when it's like a you know, something public and something, that, so it sort of makes its way in, you know, in, into our stories in these sort of more dramatic ways, but, um, you know, I think is kind of relatable even in a you know, non-creative process way. Mm-hmm, and trust, and it's always something that gets negotiated. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Why don't we take some questions, and, uh, and I know we have some here.
0: Hi, I was wondering what uh, made you decide to focus so much in your work about late adolescence in this period of becoming? Um, you mean in, in this movie particularly? Um, or in from? this movie and Francis Ha, I guess, and Kicking and Screaming as well? Um, well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess one way of thinking of it is sort of late adolescence, but I think it's also even it's even appropriate to the ages that these people are, too. I mean, I think, you know, in Kicking and Screaming, they're all highly articulate and mature in certain ways. They're just, in some ways, that's part of their problem, you know, and that they've kind of talked themselves out of any, you know, any kind of action. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, these sort of periods of, Transition and moving on and letting go. I mean, things we've been talking about of, of sort of what do you what do you take with you? What do you leave behind? You know, who stays? Who goes? Who who keeps you? Who doesn't? You know, I mean, you know, th- these are things we kind of you face throughout your life at all these different stages, and and these are kind of you know the, the in Francis and and Mistress America. These are sort of you know maybe you know, they're more in their, the the characters are in their 20s, so it's sort of focused in that, at that time. But I, you know, While We're Young, the movie I made before this, um, you know, it's people in their 40s kind of dealing with not dissimilar. And so I I feel like these things kind of don't go away, you know, these kind of questions.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm still, like, waiting for the day that, like, I wake up and I'm like, Oh, good. I'm me now. No more, no more <laughs> anxiety about what's like how I'm gonna become, what I'm trying to be. Like I feel like it's just, I feel like on any given day, I, it's there's always some letting go and coming into, and I think it happens forever, as far as I can tell. I don't think you ever stop doing that. When I look at my parents or like my older brother and sister, like it just they always in another phase of like, you know, it's like the moment you realize when you get older, like that, oh, your parents didn't know what they were doing. They were just people who had a kid. Yeah. And that you will also be a person who does not know what they're doing because nobody knows what they're doing.
1: <laughs> and we, we put a narrative to it yeah. and it seems yeah. so sensible, yeah. but they didn't know. They and didn't it. know. And you've got, you know, yeah. you just announce you're gonna be directing a film. So yep. it seems like you're embracing that.
2: Uh, that which part? Not knowing what. Yes. It, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm. I. I think
0: I. And that movie is about actual adolescence.
2: Yeah. So that movie is about as you guys say. Yes. Oh, that's even better. Hi. Hi. Um, was there anything that you had to cut out that you really didn't want to cut? Um.
0: Not that we shot. But we did have an idea for a dance sequence yeah. um, that was going to take place in the at the house that they all end up in in the, the second half, and we really liked that idea. We had a choreographer that we loved so, that we were going to work with, so and good. she was going to play a pregnant lady, and she was going um, to dance. Gonna, we had a whole you I mean, write th- there's into there's it. a sequence yeah. with the pregnant lady book club. That's why she was going to play yeah. it for people who haven't seen it. But um, yeah, and but we that never the movie kind of the the speed and pace of the movie just couldn't slow down for that or at least i wasn't yeah. i couldn't figure out how to do it we Somebody couldn't figure else out how to able. write
2: into it and write out of it in a way yeah, that's normal so
0: i think ideally we would have found a way that the story could have somehow developed in the dance um but it's so hard do it. to do yeah i mean it's
1: like it's hard for guitar to do, and it's hard for Hal Hartley to do. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there is there is one line that I know... That it very Basically, what you see on the screen is almost exactly what the script is. It cuts very close to what our, our script was. But there is a line... That, that Brooke, Brooke, my character, has... She's not... She's very into self-promotion, but she's not great at it. Like, she's kind of ham-fisted with it, and she's <laughs> not... It's like she doesn't have any slickness around it. It's all like, oh, you go on Twitter to, like, promote what you're doing. And that's (laughs) what it's for. So you just say, hey, everyone, I'm doing this awesome thing. But she doesn't see that you're supposed to sort of, like...
1: Finesse uh, it. Yeah, yeah.
2: finesse it. And she doesn't... Anyway, but there was a line that got cut out that I was like thought was really funny. Um, it, Tracy and Broke her at a bar, and she shows her. Um, she says, "Oh, Nate just dropped a gram on Instagram. That means a picture." And, <laughs> and anyway, I, I was like that line, and we had to cut it out because it was. It was. Did we cut it? Can we we cut it. We did, yeah. Nate just dropped a gram on Instagram. That means a picture is gone. Um, so. That's funny. She's always. Over-explaining it.
1: She's earnest, but that. Yeah, you know, yeah. It.
2: Well, I, I feel I find it so much more endearing when someone's like, not can't quite sell it. Um,
0: it's. But no, she knows enough to know she should be doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: like she's the person it, who would like talk about networking in the early '90s. You right.
0: know. No one knew what that meant either, but we use that word a <laughs> lot. Yeah. yeah. Like she'd be talking, but yeah. she'd be talking about mindfulness now. Yeah. Know, <laughs> I think of she. Was, yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Probably in LA doing that. Yeah.
1: Do we have a, a, a final question?
2: Hi. How much of a role do you guys play in the music selection in your films? Specifically in um, Francis Ha, I really love the soundtrack, and I was curious to know your involvement in that.
0: I mean, it all comes from us. Um, um, yeah. Um, you know, or I mean, and, and from me when I'm cutting them and you know and, and uh sometimes things are in the script um but um but often you know you find things later too you know the like a, a movie has a kind of rhythm and sound that you sort of start to feel you know sometimes you feel it later you know or um and you know Francis had a kind of putting in these sort of older french new wave uh uh, score cues kind of brought some other kind of element to it that we didn't necessarily know I think when we were shooting the movie I, it was something I just laid in to kind of and and it kind of brought this elegance and grandeur to to the story and which was you know I thought kind of beautiful and kind of honored the character in a kind of bigger way and, and with this it was um, we, I don't know, we always kind of, even though it takes place now, we always sort of in our heads kind of connected it to m- movies we like from the 80s and like Something Wild and and so the kind of New Order OMD sound was something we were listening to a lot and and um, the the composers, Dean Wareham and Britta Phillips kind of uh, we, we worked on a score with them that, that kind of has some of these elements and maybe sort of reminiscent of some of those, you know, John Hughes cues even. But you know, it's very much uh, their own thing too. And so, um, uh, both the both movies have a song by Hot Chocolate too. Uh, everyone's yeah, a winner right. is it, it, the, the Paris sequence in Francis, ha, huh? and and uh, could have been a lady is is in the um, Welcome to the Great White Way, and then comes yeah. back. Uh, it's actually, and then it's at the end credits as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes there'll be a thing where, like, if there's a, we have a great music supervisor as yeah, well. Yeah, we, George Draculius. Ge- George Draculius. been
0: been with me since for for most of my movies is just a great sort of friend and also just has yeah. you know great ideas and things and and.
2: And sometimes, like, if we can't get like. Use, Jen and noah while they're cutting the movie'll use this song, and then if for whatever reason we can't get a, like rights to it they 'll be like here 's let's try here are five other songs that are kind of by you know either by the same people or like we can maybe get a, or access to
0: yeah there 's always I find on every movie there's always some song that you wouldn't actually think that some rights you know like there's like you know some piece of the rights are now owned by some Asshole and <laughs> living somewhere, you know, and they they're don't, and they like want skiing. a lot of money for it. Yeah. They're always yeah. like,
2: they're skiing, we yeah. can't get them, they're in the Alps. And you're like, what are, who are these people who buy songwrites and then like, go ski then for go skiing? their yeah, lives? It's like
0: buying taxi cab medallions in the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, that, um, that, that oh, always um, makes me laugh. Um, but, you know, so there's no telling. In some ways, it's like the songs you think would be harder to get because the, they're, they're more famous are like, easier because they're in control of their own music and are kind of, you know, open and generous about, you know, the movies they, you know, you know, letting you use it for not so much money.
2: The hardest are, like, like hip-hop music where they'll sample a bunch of stuff because the rights are so complicated because they've sampled things and then, like, so you need so many people's permission. This is something I only recently learned about, but music rights.
1: It can get complex. We could do a whole podcast on music, music uh, rights. I I recently um, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Diablo Cody about Ricky and the Flash and uh, she told me that, you know, never Never assume that the director's going to take your musical taste. Don't put a music, a song actually in the script itself. That's a cardinal rule that she then admitted to breaking all the time, and she's been very lucky. So I, I do have to ask. I, I love the way you use David Bowie's um, "Modern Love" in Francis Ha. That's not a song that you, you thought of when you were writing it. It's just something that happened in the editing bay.
0: Well, of course, in the script, it, it says Francis runs down the street. She, she was dancing maybe a little bit and yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a couple sentences um, and so w- it would probably if you were reading the script it would be easy to miss that as a kind of moment but we always saw it as a moment you know a
2: big moment, a big
0: moment in the movie and um, uh,
2: I mean it w- I know it wasn't when we were actually shooting the running we shot it like four different times because I remember the song I listened to right before I ran um, to kind of get the f- feeling, um, which I, and then I put it away, was um, that Brian Eno song, Lay My Love. Oh, but, um, interesting. Because it had this kind of like... It
0: Pro- has a kind of propulsive... P- po-
2: propulsive.
0: I, in a way, the only song I thought I wouldn't use is Modern Love because because it had been used by Leos Carricks and Move Song and... And brilliantly um, but it turns out it's the best song to run to in a movie <laughs> so um and I had a real i mean I, I i loved that song, and it had a lot of meaning for me and you love it and and so it was one of those like it became an homage we backed into, and then I would be asked about it as homage and i'd i, I um have to make up something but you know but but, but i mean mm-hmm. it, it it's it's um you know, it, I, when I was a kid and I first heard Modern Love, it kind of blew my mind how good it sounded. You know, it was just like the skated s- drums and yeah, the- just yeah. a song I wanted to keep hearing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and even the talking part at the beginning, like I know when to go out, I know when to stay in and get things done. Yeah. yeah. It's great.
1: <laughs> As, there's such a lived-in connection to to all of your films together. We wish you the best and. Thank you for coming and doing this Q&A. Thanks for having Thank us. us. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, sure Thank you. Thank, you.
0: Thank you. Thank you.